So therefore, be proud to be a decent American rather than be just a wanker whipping up fear. Because you're supposed to tackle people, you're supposed to hit people at pace and hit them hard as part of the game. It's not chess we're playing. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. The double champ does what the f he wants. Hello everybody and welcome along to WTS 108. Racking up the numbers. Racking up the numbers. numbers. My name is Danny Murray. I'm Graham Merrigan. And we're coming to you from Fitzpatrick Castle Hotel. Go to www.fitzpatrickcastle.com for more. Or just pop up if you're in the borough. Just pop up. Bit of afternoon tea or whatnot. No man. Bit of grub. Great spot all together. Gorgeous apple tart. And a great eating mess. Always plug the eating mess I do. Love it. Yeah. Oh it's so good. Mero, who have we got this week? We have uh, the brilliant Mark O'Connor, director of the fantastically successful uh, box recent office box smash. Office smash box which office is still smash. out, so go and see it. Um, cardboard Gangsters. How are you, Mark? I'm good, lads. How are yeah. you? Yeah. Thanks for coming back to us for the second time. Yeah, Trying no worries, lads. Morning. Thanks for having me. And uh, congratulations on Cardboard Gangsters, man. It's been an absolute smash. Like. Cheers. Hey, Oh, buzzing, buzzing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's been unbelievable. Deadly. You know, yeah. The reactions and, yeah, the numbers, like, in the cinemas. So, it's good because to, it was so difficult to get the funding for this film. Mm. It took such a lot, it was such a long process to get it, you know, made. Um, and now to see that it's a top-grossing Irish film, 2017s, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a diff- it's not the usual type of cinema that gets made here, you know. Mm. A lot of... Uh, Films that get get made in the UK would be in this style, the kind of raw, gritty realism, you know. Mm. So hopefully this shows that there's an appetite here, you know, for this type of cinema. Yeah. When we had John previously and when we had John on, John Connors on previously, uh, both interviews kind of talked a bit about guard, Cardboard Gangsters. And I think it's well over a year since you were on. It's well over a yeah. year, isn't it? Yeah, it will be. Since yeah. you were on with us. So mm. to tell us a bit about Cardboard Gangsters. Without um, giving it any of it away, it's brilliant. The last time I was on, I think I was talking to you about like Stalker, wasn't it? Yeah, that yeah, was the last. Yeah, yeah. That, that was it. Stalker, yeah. Yeah. And we were into development or something, you know, writing. I can't remember, but where, what stage we were at. Um, yeah, so John worked on this script. He he wrote it, you know, over the kind of two years. It, it was an idea that goes back four years ago. Um, at some stage then along the process, he came to me because we'd done uh, King of the Travellers together. He was an actor in that. And then Stalker, we co-wrote that film together. Um, so he came to me and uh, just said, would you be interested in directing it? Um, so I thought there was a kind of a good story there between the characters like Kim, Dara, John, the, the relationships. And it was a very uh, believable world because John's coming from there. Um, Darndale Darndale yeah, yeah. Uh, so I thought there's something there that's you know whenever you have those kind of personal stories um, if you can you know m- make them your own uh, if as a director or you can develop them in a certain way into your own style it's the personal thing it will always be there the foundation which is, is powerful it comes across and it's real you know mm. Um so it just developed like that. I, you know, I came on board as director on the stipulation that I would uh, 
he'd hand over the script in that way. So he was very open and ge- generous in that way. And he agreed to that uh, for me to be co-writer, uh, to write the script, rewrite the script. So I worked on that for nine months then. So you had to rewrite it? Yeah, it was just, I just wanted to develop it a certain way um, and kind of make it my own. And, you know, I suppose when you're trying to do something like this, you're kind of trying to make it into your own vision and how you see it. And, yeah. Um, so I just worked with John and, and in that process, I was almost trying to make it more personal to John because there was stuff about his father that wasn't in there. There was stuff that he'd witnessed that. So I felt like there wasn't enough of that stuff in there. Okay. So I just spent time in Darndale, spent a lot of time with John in the area and tried to bring out more of that stuff and then just kind of developed, you know, worked with the music and just worked on the script for nine months. Um, and that was it. And then we, we, we got the fun and, you know, we were lucky to. Deadly. So it was really hard yeah. to get the fun. I was going to say, you said at the start it was kind of hard to get the fun and like, so coming at it from a point of ignorance, me, like, what's involved with trying to fund kind of like an Irish film like this, you know what I mean? It's really difficult to fund a film uh, in general. Like, you remember Stalker, the last film? Yeah, yeah. I, was, I think I was telling you about the funded campaign that we did beforehand and we made it for a really small budget. Whereas this film, we were going for the, you know, the government agencies mm. and stuff. And, you know, there's various ones like uh, BAI, the film board. And then we we're talking to broadcasters like RTE and TV3 and there's Northern Ireland Screen. Or if you want to do a UK co-production, there's the BBC, Channel 4, you know. So um, we were just chatting to those and trying to find... Um, but producers were kind of getting wary of the project and some of the funders were not really... Myself and John weren't really agreeing with some of the notes. Um, and But anyway, in the end, we got BAI, the, the Broadcast Entirety of Ireland. Yeah. They came on board and TV3 came on board and then we got Egg and Film Base and uh, we managed to get it made in the end. What, when you say we, you and John weren't agreeing with notes, what does that mean? Um, well, they were just trying to. They wanted certain things. To, well, it was really about they wanted the character. To change things, was yeah. It? They want the, the, the one of the main things was they wanted John's character to be more likable, you know, and to be like a hero, you know, in that way. And we were watching a lot of gangster films, you know, going back to the twenties, and you know, the idea. And we want what we wanted was uh, John's character to not necessarily be likable, but that you understand where he's coming from. Um, but he does th- he does these bad things, but then you bring him back in moments. So yeah. it's a weird kind of balance where you have empathy for him, um, but he still, you know, he still does. That's exactly bad how things. you feel watching it. Yeah, is it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's what we we're trying to do. Yeah, because like if you, what we talked about were characters like Tony Soprano or even Walter White. You know, where they pushed them to the max. You know, in TV now they can really push characters yeah. all the way. And then you have something after that happens where you pull them back a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think even Love Hate had that. We're yeah. an agent. I think it can work now. I think you can really push a character to you know to the limits. Yeah, like. they don't have to be likable. I think sometimes that that works really well when like like you said about Soprano or even you said about Nature that where you see moments of vulnerability, and yeah. that's where kind of you humanise them a bit. Whereas beforehand you just see this badass. You know what I mean? That's that's you funny know? that you mentioned the vulnerability because there is a scene in this movie with John, and it's just absolutely sensational. Yeah. And it's him on his own in a room, and you're kind of just like, "What the fuck? Yeah. That was unreal." And it's it's a scene where he is vulnerable. 
Yeah, like I think you're right about the vulnerability. That's where it's those moments where the, the audience has empathy. If you have a gangster walking around and he's got his shoulders out and he's just acting hard, you don't feel anything. So you need to see all the different sides to a, to yeah. a person, you know. Um, cause, or, or the likable thing, I suppose, is you could have a, you know, I say a, a girl dressed in a dress and she's a princess and she's on screen and you're just looking at her and you're going, you hate, <laughs> she's wrecking your head, you know. Yeah. So just because she's a princess, just it doesn't make her likable. It's the flaws that makes a person likable. Yeah, yeah. That's a yeah. psychological flaw. And the more flawed a character is, the more you're going to connect with them because you understand them because it's you. You're, you're, you're seeing things in yourself and you're yeah. understanding them and you're liking them. That's why I love Die Hard. <laughs> me, what did you think of John me and John McLean are one the same man. I've I've thrown Jeremy Taylor to soft roof. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> Off the top of the oil Center. But he's a he's a brilliant character. Like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. and those action guys, you know, even Indiana Jones, he's afraid of snakes. They've yeah. all got these flaws. Vulnerabilities. And that's yeah. the, why you like them. And that's why Joe Soap at home kind of relates to these characters because it's kind of like right, he's not this generic me head drug dealer you know mm. oh he does have a bit of insecurity he does have mental might have a mental health breakdown you know but I think it's deadly yeah, yeah great. but you're not John McLean though <laughs> well you know all I'm saying is I stroll around the bracken and I shout yippee ki yay people and <laughs> it works out great <laughs> what's the process like when you're rewriting the script for nine months is it tedious uh, no it's never tedious writing is you know the best it's the best part of, for me of the process it's the creative creativity you know it's like where you're coming up with ideas and you're uh, incorporating stuff but it's a different process to maybe starting with a blank page yeah. or adapting a novel where you're ripping out a story and trying to find the root the spine of the plot so this is something that john had written and the kind of foundation was there but i just wanted to kind of i don't know maybe develop characters change dialogue uh add structure that kind of stuff. And you were saying, like, John was quite open to everything as well. So I'd imagine, like, on top of him being, you know, one of the most talented Irish actors out there at the moment, like, that having his openness to it then, did that make the process just a dream to work with in terms of... Because, like, if you were having to change dialogue or if you were having to do things like that, I'd imagine sometimes that can be a little bit kind of, shit, are they going to like this change? Are they, you know what I mean? But yeah, if, yeah. if John was really open to everything, that made it easier to imagine yeah that, that was a kind of a weird thing that I hadn't been in before that mm. that process where you're thinking oh is he, are they going to like that and when I'm, I'm going to send him this draft and maybe he's going to say what did, what did you do like you know <laughs> you just changed that or you know or but I'm telling you John was it was he just agreed to everything and, yeah. and it, it, it's not because he just would accept shite or whatever it's it's just that we were on the same page like you know with what we were thinking and and yeah. we, it wasn't just like we'd be talking as well all the time you know so he, when he was writing i was offering ideas and then when i was writing he'd be offering ideas but um but i find that that's kind of very uh it's a useful thing in an actor that that kind of uh openness or um i don't know maybe what is it sensitivity yeah um where they can completely open up and 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 uh be open to creative ideas, you know, rather than someone that's really stuck in their ways. It's very hard to work with people like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you're writing, do you, like halfway through it or at any process through it, do you sometimes um, write a part for, like say the casting process, would you write a part for a specific actor? Um, No, not really. No. Um, But if, if you've kind of, 
written the, if the script's done and then you're getting a, an actor in mind mm. you would kind of look at the dialogue and because you know the way the actor is you might change slight the emotion the emotion or the way it's kind of worded a little bit yeah. based on like seeing that actor previously in other films yeah so like what you said that that's that's kind of right but it would tend to be kind of after you've written it and you're maybe doing a bit of casting and you're like you're thinking oh that guy's really good for that character so you might kind of change it a little bit then yeah or in the rehearsals then when the guys are all together and they're rehearsing then you might do a rewrite you know after the rehearsal when you say rewrite would you say there's two actors there's John and there's someone playing John and there's someone playing Dean would you kind of say actually I want Dean to play John and John to play Dean no uh, well, that would be extreme. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, has it happened though? <laughs> ah, it's definitely happened, but like that's um, mad though, isn't it? But 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 on this, you know, it was it was a much more thought out process. This this film, so we didn't have major changes like that. But I have in the past, like really? on short films, and but with this, you know, we were casting, we were t- took our time with giving away parts, we were making sure that we did it to the absolute until until we were really decided that's the person. They they feel like the character, you know, and and they can pull it off. They have star quality you know and they're real they're real you know because yeah. it was a hard thing casting this film because there's not that many people in Dublin who can mm. who can do the the gangster kind of thing you know yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a very the, difficult thing to do if you're not from that neighbourhood you know yeah. it's very difficult like Nidge pulled it off and but but with some people it just looks cheesy or it just looks yeah. you know, fake. just yeah. fake yeah and we wanted this to be very real was that something just on it that almost like typecasting people or something to say like so obviously and I, I I almost feel bad like constantly bringing up love hate in an Irish context because everyone does that and especially I remember when we had John in he was talking about it and sort of saying like yeah. it's not coming back can you stop can people yeah, stop, yeah, can people stop asking me? but like <laughs> when, you, when you're talking about that and you're talking about it, the difficulty in finding somebody who would seem genuine or somebody who would seem authentic in a gangster role is the temptation there to almost mine the talent that was involved in something like Love Hate or is it kind of now we, we just have faith in the process and we will find that raw talent like yeah I know what you mean um, you're well we didn't want to have like the whole Love Hate cast yeah um, but there was you know maybe some of the Love Hate actors we were thinking oh, they're not going to work in this and then other ones we were thinking they're really good they're very believable and they we could do this but we don't want to make it like to look like love hate the cast yeah but then others you, maybe they're busy like say Nidge might be working on something so it was kind of the a new Avengers process of like is this person like for instance Jimmy who who's in love hate who plays yeah. Git he's in Carbore Gangsters so that was just kind of it, it was all very natural like organic like because mm. Johnny met him at, in the theatre or something one night completely randomly yeah. and he was like oh I'm, I just met you know this guy and uh, he, he wants to hear about the script and he wants to meet you so I went and met Git from Love Hate, who's Dara, who's uh, Jimmy Smallhorn, and it was just like connected with him. It was and it was re- so it was that, it was kind of like trust casting, yeah, trust trusted him and uh, just got on with him and, and he had that openness to. So it was it's kind of like it has to be natural, you know, rather yeah. than like I'm just going to pick these guys. I got you, know, you. Yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. Thing. And did you cast the casting process because it'd be hard to find certain people to play the people it's kind of say in Darndale. Where a lot of the actors from Darndale or there was a couple of small roles lads from Darndale and a couple of the hip hop uh, artists that oh, are on right, the soundtrack yeah. like God Creative, um, 
he's from Darndale and he's got four tracks in the film and he's actually start he, he plays a couple of roles in the film um but it's the thing is um you know the believability will go only so far like you still yeah, yeah. Act, the actors that are trained you know there's a lot to be said for a trained actor who can understand movement and understand where the camera is and and deliver lines yeah. you know they can learn their lines and all that stuff so it's finding that balance you know yeah. and and also like for the character uh, John's mother do you remember the yeah, yeah. Fina she's she's a good actress uh, really good she, she, we had kind of actresses in that were coming in that were really good but when she came in she just looked like John's mother really you know what I mean she just yeah. like felt like immediately we were like that's, that's, your, that's, like that's, your, that's your mother <laughs> yeah so after we were like it's gotta be her you know because yeah. we weren't thinking of casting her we were thinking of you know one or two other women and but she just felt like his mother there was a connection between them as well that's yeah. mad isn't it you know it's weird yeah. that happen a lot that happens sometimes you know if they're just they just fit the character fits, yeah. Yeah. yeah Um. so it's it's been out in cinemas now a couple of weeks came out in June I think it came out today in, yeah in June cinemas. 16th yeah yeah and um, they, like it, they, I haven't heard a bad word um, which is always a positive thing with a film you know what I mean there's been a few bad ones <laughs> yeah mo- mostly positive but there's been a few bad yeah, ones it's always yeah. good to get a few bad ones you know what are the bad ones like ah just like ah that's fucking so violent I, that's a lot of shit or you know it's uh so that's just somebody who their yeah. taste wouldn't be catered towards more so than yeah I've yet to hear that bad myself on it like but um yeah ah that's because we're following America on Twitter and he's well, just retweeting all the good it, ones. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I don't. I don't mind. Like the, it's. It's. Uh, you're in the you arts, so things, you're yeah. going to get that. You're yeah. going to get. That's the thing about film. You know, it's it's very subjective. subjective so yeah, completely of up to. You know, um, so how how much long? Because we're we're well into July now. So has it got another run in the cinema in it? Like is it going to be in there for a while? Do you think? Uh, or? Well, it's just done now. It's fourth weekend. Yeah. So it's still in like, and it's still in sixty cinemas. Brilliant. So it just went up in the charts because it was at sixth place last week, and it's just gone up somehow up to fourth again this week. This week. word of mouth and people are talking about yeah, it. Yeah. So it's. It's weird, like you know, it's. Uh, Jason, there was a few blockbusters out. Like, oh in the yeah, last there's, there's been like Wonder Woman, the Mummy, uh, yeah, Spider Man's coming out. Spider Man yeah. just came out. Baby Driver, all these. Baby films. Driver, yeah, and it's still still in there, like the top ten, you know. Amazing. You must be absolutely buzzing. <laughs> <laughs> was there an expectation? Uh, we were thinking two hundred and fifty grand. Like that's what the wildcard distribution here. You know, they yeah. were saying we're hoping it'll be do that and it'll be. If if it could make if it could be the top grossing Irish film that'd be massive success at two fifty so yeah. and so far now it's made four hundred and fifty incredible so it's just hopefully this weekend it'll go over half a million you know oh my Brilliant. god and, and how, how, uh, sorry how much was it to make it was four hundred and fifty to make <laughs> was it <laughs> so that's the budget back that's amazing though that is, yeah yeah no that's that's incredible like and that's paid investors and that's it yeah will that now will that Say your next project, let's say your next movie project, will it be easier to get funding now? Does that almost go as a vote of confidence for yeah. you kind of thing? Or does that have any... It's almost uh, like, you know, if you're an, an Olympic athlete, you'll get support if you podium. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Something like that. Is it the same? Yeah, the for a second or third. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, if, if your movie is still in the cinemas, but it's just broke even, but it's still going to make more... Like, will it be easy for you to go to the production houses or whoever funds these? 
Uh, hopefully, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like it's not really up to me to say like if 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 I'm going to get the funding for the next film based off that. But it, it was turned down, and yet it's the biggest Irish film of yeah. the year. So there's lads out there. What can you say? <laughs> like yeah. lads what, out there yeah. who rejected it. It's like when them chaps rejected the Beatles. Yeah, raging yeah, yeah. they are, raging, raging. <laughs> Go mad they reject the Carwell Gangsters. Um, but uh, no, hopefully, hopefully, you know, hopefully, yeah. definitely, yeah. Uh, and is there any plans in for international distribution or release of it? Or yeah, yeah, it's yeah. opening in the UK cinemas now. Brilliant! Uh, oh because of how, it, how it's done, you know, in the Irish cinemas. Yeah. So August fourth, it's going to be opening in Liverpool, Manchester, London, uh, Hastings. You know, good few cities. Oh, it's good few oh, Irish strongholds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All the expats. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what we're trying to tap into the, to yeah. the expats. The expats market. Get them oh, going along. Um, you mentioned kind of in terms of when you did sort out the funding and there was a couple of different partners that came on board and supported but one of them that just and again my ignorance you mentioned TV3 yeah so would that be something then that they they get kind of not like first refusal in terms of when it eventually goes towards the TV kind of syndicate thing or yeah so TV3 came on board they gave us a, a bit of finance and that hel- that basically lets you apply for BAI funding Ah, because to apply for broadcast authority funding you need to have a broadcaster on board so we had to get a letter from TV3 so um, but within that contract it was a small bit of money but within for that little bit of money and for the letter they gave us they get to screen Carbo Gangsters nine times wow. <laughs> over the next two years. So <laughs> nine know, times in two so years? you're sick of it looking. If you're watching TV3, you'll be like, jeez, that's, that's on again. <laughs> like, again. It's going to be on nine times, yeah. What? Wow. Which is, you know, ridiculous. It's like every three months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. It'll so be on. It's, it's a good, good family Christmas movie. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it will have to be shown it after nine or ten. <laughs> That's, that's actually that's another thing. It's 18s. Yeah. It's and and, and the, it's still making that. It's yeah, yeah because the, the, apparently there was a, like, a group of about 20 kids out in Kulak who wanted to get in and they were refused. So there's a lot of kids are getting refused to go into the cinema. I think that's I heard about that. Didn't they take over the cinema then? Didn't they? In stage, it was a bit of yeah, yeah. a bit of a was there? Mad they giving out. A, yeah. a bit of a Barney. Nah, nah, not a Barney now. Yeah, probably, just, I'm clearly exaggerating, but they were they were definitely disappointed about it. Yeah. yeah. Well. So, yeah. Madness, like, but that that's but that in itself, then, is surely a vote of confidence in it that people are that eager to get out and see it. Like, and we're always saying it as well in the podcast, like, supporting Irish things is one thing that I think Irish people need to get better at. Yeah, beat you know what I mean? Mm. We're, we're quick to kind of begrudge success, but we're not quick to support or embrace it, you know what I mean? Like, well, so. that's the, yeah, because the this showed at Irish festivals, you know, and it didn't nothing happen, like, it just yeah. screened. And then we played, and the first festival we played outside of Ireland was Manchester, and it won Manchester, and won six awards in Manchester, like wow, you know, including best actor for John Connors, yeah, uh, best film at the festival, uh, you know, and then then the next festival outside of Ireland was L.A. Uh, Newport Beach Film Festival, which is huge yeah. over there. It's a massive festival, but. They have like 400 films screening and it won that as well. No way. Yeah. I knew it won Manchester. I didn't know yeah. it won the one in LA. Yeah. So wow. Congratulations. congratulations. Yeah. That was like uh, outside of Our Ireland, point. you know, <laughs> which is, is weird. It was outside. Yeah. And then, uh, but see, things like that then people will hear. Jay's Carbar Gangsters won the Manchester Film Festival, the Newport Beach Film. Like, what are we missing? We have to go and see it. Yeah. Mm. Don't they? They surely do. I think when you get recognition outside, 
Ireland, Irish people kind of take to it a bit more. They kind of levitate. Yeah. It's almost yeah. like you're, you need a bit. You need that. Like it's once once was like that. It didn't do well here, but then when it broke America, yeah. it was like huge here. So I I, I saw Carbor Gangsters uh, at the Fingal uh, Film Festival. Was there like how come they played there? <laughs> it, it just played like we wanted to get screen it there. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Like was there? It didn't win though. Oh, was no. there was there a, <laughs> an award thing there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, well, I didn't know but, uh, that. I thought it was just like oh, I didn't know it was like uh, Tribeca or yeah. Manchester or. There's a Galway Film Festival, isn't it? Galway's good, yeah. Yeah, Galway's yeah that's actually Galway. next weekend. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, Galway's like probably one of the best in in, 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 in Ireland. Ireland. It's yeah. a really good festival. It's a whole week, and the whole film industry goes down and. You know, everyone stays in the Radisson and they all screen at the Town Hall Theatre and all these venues and it's just the whole film community yeah. down there for a week. And you, are you bringing Cardboard Gangsters down there? No, no, because no? it's already... It's already oh, sorry. done the festival yeah. thing and it's sorry. already kind of been in the cinemas, you know. So. That's why you're yeah. sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it's all right. I'm, I'm full of it when it comes to the arts. <laughs> the art, yeah. Um, so, right, so, it's going to be released in, as you said, August 4th, across the water. Um, yeah it doing well in LA so would there be the possibility of it then even an, an American release or would that be more so yeah hopefully hopefully yeah. you know um, we're, what we're really trying to get is like a Netflix deal or I was just going like to say that, that. oh yeah. man yeah um, yeah because that's the Young Offenders just you know, got with Netflix yeah deal. they did yeah yeah, and yeah. that's being made into a TV show now as well, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah it is. Yeah, yeah. BBC the, the, the lads are doing BBC Three. Is it? Yeah. yeah, unbelievable. It's yeah. mad. That's so, what's the process like part. down with Netflix? What do you have to do? Or Netflix, they just have to like it and they have to sell it. But you know, um, it has to do well, obviously. And it's the numbers. Yeah. The numbers and for the Irish cinema are there for the, like the analytics, or whatever, for them to see. Yeah, for, to see that. So hopefully, um, but it's worldwide. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, if Mr. Flix is listening to this, <laughs> yeah. can we just recommend highly? Yeah, because all the expats in Australia and America... And oh, stop, man. They'd yeah. be all yeah. over that, like... Yeah, um, so hopefully we get something now. Or, or or Sky or one of these other places, you know. Yeah, hopefully we can yeah. get something going in America and Australia. You do, um, you do your screenwriting classes. I, yeah. I was just wondering, just popped into my head there. Do you ever think of doing like a, a podcast tutorial kind of screenwriting thing? For screenwriting, yeah. yeah, or like a, an Irish version of like inside the actor studio type thing, mm. where you yeah. get different people on every week. That'd be really Probably interesting. Get about one listener. <laughs> <laughs> That's a wee talk. Because it's a, it's a niche market, uh, yeah. you know, screenwriting and people who who, who want to learn that. Like there is a market yeah. there, but it's, it's, it's a niche market. Well, so. see, sometimes them niche ones are the ones that that do unbelievably well because mm. everybody in that niche gravitates to it. Right, do you know what yeah. I mean? So. Like, there's a few of them out there. I won't name them because I don't want people leaving this podcast. <laughs> but uh, there's a few of them out there who are very specific in one genre. Like, but they do unbelievably well because everybody who's into that type yeah, thing, of course, you know? Yeah, yeah, because it's almost like like the MMA world. You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah. in fairness, it's got a lot bigger and there's a lot more to it now. But I mean, a couple of years ago, even you know what I mean? If you wanted MMA. There was Ariel Helwani and Joe Rogan. That was it. Joe Rogan wasn't always MMA. Yeah, but that's that's where you'd always go to. Then we have everyone. Yeah, everyone. A lot of them. There's a lot. There's too many. Robin Black, Brendan Shaw. Yeah, yeah. There's loads of them. There's a good few in Ireland, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fairness, the lads. There's always kind of aspiring Irish actors though. Once they leave Leaving Cert or college or whatever. Yeah. And I know a friend who's always kind of just googling. 
you know, he's actually doing a screenwriting uh, masters now at the moment in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, but I can see him actually googling. That might be your only your only listener. <laughs> <laughs> my, my mate, he just googled screenwriting. Not there's Mark O'Connor. Listen to him. Deadly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so right, so Carbor Gang says now. I suppose like it's not over as such in the sense that it's, it's still in the cinema but kind of the production and the writing process now is very much over so yeah, it needs to be over now like, <laughs> I, need to, I need to get past that jeez like, I have to get off like Facebook and trying to promote stuff like you yeah, know really? and just focus again because that you can get caught up in that stuff you know yeah yeah I was going to say to you well, didn't, what's is, is there is it kind of right I'm taking a little break now or is it you have something in mind and it's on to that then uh, I know I've, I've got like other projects uh, developing at the moment but just you get caught up in the marketing of uh yeah of carbo yeah. gangsters and you know <laughs> the internet's so slow sometimes you could take an hour trying to upload one bleeding thing onto facebook <laughs> really? in my head so but no just like no but I, I it's got a schedule now so i'll be working at certain times and um yeah just yeah. so just I'm, I'm back to work you know writing and stuff and, brilliant yeah, yeah. so and are any of those projects then gonna are you able to talk about them or are they still very much yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so one is tv3 it's a six-part uh, crime drama oh brilliant um, lovely yeah so it's uh, called Darklands and um, it's Virgin Media as well so it's Virgin they're Media in, they're in partnership with TV3 aren't they yeah, yeah yeah so it's a new thing that TV3 are doing um, where they're trying to push drama and it's going to go out across the UK on the Virgin Media platform oh brilliant um, and then it's also BAI are, are on board as well and uh, it's a joint thing you know Wow. Yeah. Okay. And did that the TV tree jump on board because of the cardboard gangsters connection? Probably there was probably, you know, a bit of a bit of that. Yeah. And uh you know, probably a mix of that and the scripts and stuff. Yeah. And how you far know. are you are you finished writing it or uh, I just finished episode four today. Okay. Yeah, so it's like a six six episodes, uh one hours, six one hours, you know, uh so six one hours lovely. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm co-writing co-writing us uh, with another lad, Adam, and um, so we have the story for the first season, for a couple of seasons actually. But we're just um, working episode. A couple by episode, of seasons, like, really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. We've actually got for eight see eight seasons, but it, it'll all depend wow, on yeah. the first season. You know how yeah. how that goes. Yeah, yeah. So we're trying to just develop the scripts. It's a long process, like doing, really? doing six, like six episodes because you're like. It's like fifty-five pages per episode. Wow! You know? yeah, so what's that? Like it's juicy three hundred <laughs> or something. What's that juicy? <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't ask me to communicate numbers. I'll give you a big word. Though. <laughs> Six. It's a lot of episodes. a lot of a lot of numbers. <laughs> That's amazing. Man. A lot of pages. So, so then, like, so you were very much staying kind of head down with that. You see, just finished episode four of that yeah eight hours so, today on that so jesus yeah so yeah. i'd imagine that's mentally just training yeah 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 just trying to find the time like before i was just doing a few hours here a few hours there because i have a baby and but then the other day you know sat down with my wife and um we just did a schedule so now i have like assigned like eight hour eight yeah. hour blocks like you know and that's way better it's, yeah. it's working out way better because and you just you know, lock yourself just, and just write yeah, yeah, because but and and the fact that you know that that you're going there, like if you're just saying oh, I'll do a few hours in the evening, and then you get to the computer and you start looking at this or that, and it's it's a bit distracting, you know. Whereas if you've worked out schedule and it's like your eight hour block is on Tuesday yeah. morning seven thirty to five whatever, you get then and you just you just 
you're straight into it then it's yeah it's working out way better like that i think so, so then like well you're very much then in battle with that like like the, the big one that's coming up there but he's talking about was the 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 new season of game of thrones like like is that something then that you'll or is that a bit of a boss man's holiday like the launch of a big show like that for you you're kind of like ah oh, me i want to be worrying about kind of thing like with the game of thrones thing yeah like so would you like look forward to like a new show coming out like that or like a new season something coming out or do you kind of like i get to it when i get to it this is um no, I like it. I love watching, you know, tele- yeah. like new new television. I haven't been watching Game of Thrones now, but uh, I'm watching Gamora at the moment because I've heard a few people talking you know, about it's, this. It's, yeah. it's, it's just it's unbelievable. You know, it's, what is uh, it? It's like an Italian crime series. Yeah, uh, a few people have said to me. they've done like three seasons, but it's just the characters are unbelievable and it's so cinematic and. Um, you know, it's that the genre as well that I'm yeah. writing in, and but but like watching all Breaking Bad and all, and, yeah, and yeah. the zombie one I was watching there a while ago. What uh, was it? Waking, Walking Dead. The Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah. So I'd be liking that, but I also like watching the old films. You know, like yeah, uh, you know the French New Wave and the uh, uh, Italian neorealism, the odd time, and and then maybe sometimes when the baby's there, watching like the classic Disney films ah, from the fifties, yeah, the yeah. cartoons, like the hand drama, brilliant. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. I love the hand drama. Yeah, they're right. class. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where's um, Dar- where's Darkland set? Uh, well, it's set in the inner city. Inner city. Yeah. Not Ballybrack. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, what Merlo was trying to get to was when are you gonna make a show about him? That's <laughs> when are you writing Rocco? <laughs> what is it about basketballers that are from Ballybrack? <laughs> <laughs> he has an IMDB page. He's ready to go. I have an IMDB. IMDB. Yeah. yeah. Only discovered it today in work. Yeah. Oh yeah, because yeah. you were in uh, Fair, Fair City. City yeah. yeah. I'll have to audition you. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready, man. <laughs> Episode five and six on there. Anybody who listens to the Ash Daily podcast got, uh, coming yeah, up is going to know uh, that oh, we yeah. time loop. <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> What's sorry, Mike? Send us on a show reel. What's that? <laughs> Do you hear him? Do you hear him? What's that? Will you make yeah. me? Want? Oh, I know you have one. I don't have a show. He does. I'm going to get Mark on a show real though. <laughs> <laughs> Little clip of all that ads he's been in, and then there's definitely like I did see I, I did see a clip of you somewhere. Yeah. Uh, oh, the Tesco ad. You probably send it to me. He'll think I did do that. He think he'll think. Hundred percent. I'd say he did. I'd say I'd say he hounds you with videos of himself no, I do not. that's outrageous some, outrageous some of the some of the fair city actors are really good though yeah it's yeah. a weird thing like you know remember barry was in it but it's just that you know maybe barry Keown. yeah yeah he's after taking off hasn't he yeah he's in dunkirk now isn't he yeah he's, i'm he's really done, looking forward to that actually yeah it's unbelievable yeah. like he, he was in a you know the the film that won can or won an award at can there uh Oh, month, last month or whatever Colin Farrell two months ago uh, yeah Nicole Kidman Jeez, I was in Cannes and I actually went to see it and I can't remember the name of it. what's Cannes like <laughs> uh, for, for festival season Cannes yeah it's amazing it's unbelievable like, yeah. yeah it's, it's really you know because it's just the, the, the home of cinema yeah. really so it's like Galway Film Festival <laughs> multiplied by 50 or whatever <laughs> with, that's being generous I don't know how to describe it yeah. with nicer weather that's yeah, no. <laughs> was Ga- Carbore Gangsters on a can no, no no but we were just trying to kind of sell it and, you were networking you know, yeah yeah it's, uh, yeah it's amazing cans really and great. have you got a cast of mind for <coughs> for the <laughs> <laughs> for the new project any wheelchair parts going? any wheelchair drug dealers in it <laughs> uh, I could write one in if you want <laughs> you want man I'll sell a bit of heroin down Actually, the end of the street there is a wheelchair character but it's a woman 
There that won't stop him. Yeah. That won't stop. <laughs> he could he put on a wig. He can change that to a man. <laughs> can you see his eye to beard? Though? He won't shave it, but like, if yeah, you can get the special effect. I can pretend to be a woman if you want me to be a woman. I can go method. I can go for. Or it. she could have a she could have a boyfriend or, or a young a young young lad that she yeah, brings in. Two hey, no, Look at that. Yeah, it'll be a drug dealer. Look at that. I'll go full Daniel Daly. I'll straight, Mark. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> how did ba- how, how did something like you know Barry? Like, how does someone like Barry just break it and get a role like Dunkirk? Ah, jeez. Well, he's very good at the casting process and he's very likeable in his auditions with it, with directors, I think. Right. You know, plus he looks very different to other actors. He hasn't yeah. got the, you know, typical face. He's interesting, mm-hmm. his face. And he's also got this behavioural quality in his acting that, huge amount of actors don't have they just they just they just have craft you know but when he when he acts it's not really acting it's like the way brando used to be it's just he behaves you know he behaves so it's like you know instead of like delivering the lines and looking there he might be like playing with something like this or you know remember in on the waterfront um there's a scene there where brando is talking to the to the to the girl or whatever the blonde one and He's playing with the glove. He picks yeah. up her glove and he starts, yeah. you know, and he he used to always do that stuff. It was it was behavior, yeah. And it, that's what that's what that process. The you know, well, he was and I'm, uh, who was it the the guy that he worked with, but he worked in the the methods you know, method school of acting and uh, Strasbourg was it? I can't I can't remember. Okay, I'm this Marilyn Brando. Yeah, Brando, oh. yeah. You know, and, and other guys like De Niro and Pacino, they'd all be working in that. Of acting, is there? Oh, yeah, yeah. Really? The, 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 they're usually the best actors, you know, the like Christian Bale. Yeah, you know. Daniel Day Lewis. Um, now, Barry wouldn't be full method, but he would have the behavioral qualities, I think, that the way Brando has, it's behaving. And is he intentionally meaning that? I think it's just the style he he started out with, kind of, and when we worked on Stalker, we talked about it, how that's way more interesting so he knows now because i remember there was a scene in stalker where he's sitting on a bench talking to johnny and i was like talking to him and he, he was playing with the lighter you right. know and kind of picking at his shoe and doing these things and moving his Just head mannerisms yeah mannerisms that like it's not part of the script and it's not part of like your dialogue but it's it's just it's just really interesting you know yeah. and it's, it, he does this in the new film now in can for me, he was a standout. Really? Yeah, he really was. He's getting was. some great reviews. This is the Irish actor who uh, killed the killed the cat. In <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah he doesn't yeah. like being called that. He doesn't like that. Sorry yeah, if no. he's this, Lombardi. Um, but he's in uh, Dunkirk. Yeah. He was in that movie in Cannes. That's, he's getting crazy plaudits, isn't he? Yeah. He's uh, he's doing, doing amazing. So you'll get him for the series? Uh, well I don't know now because he'd be doing like a lot of big stuff now you know yeah. and and uh, Don Cook's in Christopher Nolan movie Christopher Nolan yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Tom Hardy's in it um, Harry Styles is in it Harry Styles Harry Styles and somebody I'm um, Barry Keown it's Keown isn't it Keown, Keown. Yeah, Barry Keoghan no Keoghan Keoghan <laughs> yeah I can't remember the, there's another one like a big name kind of I, I can't remember, like, like you know, like his name is on the poster, kind of. Oh, right, yeah. I can't think of who um, it is now. Mark, what's your favorite process in all, like, make whether it's making a TV series or a movie? Yeah, it would be the writing. Writing. Yeah, definitely. And what about out on set? Uh, yeah, that's a buzz. You know, it's amazing, uh, and it's the adrenaline. But when you're on set, 
and you're shooting and you're directing like you have to get every scene like so it's really tiring because if you're not on it for that scene yeah and you it, it's a shit scene yeah. like you've actually failed so you can't fix it or you can't so you have to be 100% like on every single scene which means the whole day which means Long every days. day like yeah. yeah whereas with writing you can just relax sit back have a coffee <laughs> and just you're just like creating ideas and you're writing in notes and then you can go back and rewrite it and it's like so it's like and also the ideas creativity is really the bu- the, the biggest buzz of it all like and, and on set you might be coming up with ideas with actors but there's not as much of the creative like a lot of the creativity comes in the process of the workshops with the actors or or kind of you know talking with the cameraman about the the camera shots and doing the storyboards and Pretty all good. that stuff but when you're actually on set you've done a lot of that stuff so it tends to be just making sure everything runs well and you get what you're looking for so you know it's it's not as enjoyable for me to it's, it's quite a complex process isn't it like, there's so much involved like you said that storyboards and directing yeah yeah there's like it's every step it's every single step like all the way to when you're in the post-production and the sound and you're like you know there might be sounds of footsteps and the foley artist is is trying to put them on you're saying make them deeper like it's just every single stage and then the grade the the picture like you know how how it's going to look after because you have a guy that comes in and changes the the look of the of the picture they grade the film. It's mad, isn't um, it? So there's everything from the casting to the shooting to script, you know, everything along the... I was recently at um, a talk at the Doggy Book Festival with uh, Lenny Abramson, Neil Jordan and Bruce Robinson. Right. And one of the uh, one of the contributions Neil Jordan made was that he's a narky bollocks to work with sometimes. <laughs> I know how, I know somebody like that. Shut up, you, you don't. <laughs> and... Uh, and he was, he was kind of half taking the piss out of himself, but he was saying that he's he was difficult to work with and he wasn't difficult to work with. Is that a, like does that ever come into your head a worry, like that someone won't take your direction or someone feels they're too big for their boots or because they were talking about they they gave examples of really really horrific experiences. Yeah, yeah, like it, I wouldn't be thinking about it, you know, consciously, like oh, yeah. that, but but. But you, you could definitely have that, like, and it's not even just about one actor having an ego or one person having saying I want to do it this way. Usually, you work with people you're going to get along with. Yeah. So usually, I haven't really had those issues. But it's it's also when you're on set in a pressurized environment, and you might be like, I remember there was a scene in Stalker where uh, Peter Coonan was pissing on on Johnny. Do you remember? Do you remember that mm. scene? I I still haven't seen Stalker. Oh, not Did you not watch it? No. It's very good. I didn't see it. That's the your only film I haven't seen. All right. Um, so there's a scene where, uh, you know, John Connors, who plays Oliver, the homeless man, he's mm. like on the ground and the gang arrives and it's it's Peter Coonan's gang and the, right. they're in the house, but the, the room was tiny. It was like half the size of this room. And there was Peter and there was four of his men and then there was Johnny, uh, his his mother myself the cameraman and then we had two stunt guys so within a tiny space we had about 10 men you know and like it was a, it was a long dialogue scene there was punches to be done it was the fight scene you know so those scenes can be tough you know because yeah. everyone's got an opinion and I remember like they were all 
disagreeing and arguing and I had to just say shut the fuck up <laughs> really? I had to scream like once yeah I got to that stage I don't, I wouldn't usually I'm usually like real chilled out and yeah. relaxed and and very like ch- you know easy to work You're with a boss though yeah but like that I remember that that there was that that was one of the times when I just lost it I was like everyone just shut the fuck up <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> I'll be submitting everyone else <laughs> yeah. don't shut up there's a great story about uh, people being difficult to work with and all that um, we're talking about John McLean Bruce Willis and uh, Kevin Smith Kevin Smith done these like tours where he done like Q&A's or an audience bit kind of thing mm. and he tells a story about when he was working with him on Die Hard 4 and in a movie called Cop Out that he worked with Bruce Willis <laughs> Just YouTube them that. That's hilarious. Like Bruce Willis when he come, when he when he's working on set, like you don't go by like normal time. You go by like Bruce Willis time, really? and all the clocks are set to like what Bruce Willis wants and all. Are this. you serious? Swear to God, yeah. That'd be um, mad though, wouldn't it? But to work with something like that. There's one scene in, in Die Hard Four, and it's uh, like Kevin Smith Die Hard Four. Like so, Kevin Smith plays this kind of hacker character, yeah. but he lives in his mom's basement, and Bruce John McClane. I love Die Hard Four. It was good, yeah. It was, you know, part of very, very, very unrealistic bits. <laughs> but uh, John McClane goes down into the basement with uh, the the computer genius kid that's kind of following around in the film and all that. They go down into the the basement where Kevin Smith is, and in that scene, Kevin Smith had wrote his own lines. And then before they were due to record it or whatever, the the, the director or whoever kind of went. I'm not sure about them lines here. We're going to try these ones instead. And Kevin Smith's like, oh, well, it doesn't make sense. Like, for the type of character you want this to be. So, you know, like, like change them. We'll work with them. But, like, I don't get where they And then Bruce Willis takes to and he's like, I don't like these lines. And the director's like, yeah, but Bruce, like, we have to make certain changes and we have to. And he's like, you want to go with these lines? And like, yeah, we want to go with them lines. He's like, all right, let me ask you a question. Who's your second choice to play John McClane? <laughs> oh, <laughs> no God, way. Yeah. And that was it. So they got to keep the original lines just because he was like, I'm not doing them. <laughs> so like, wow. But there's loads of stories about him just being like... Really well, how would you react to that? That's, you know, the thing that you actually get, like, I've usually got on really well with the actors, but what you do get is actors or people not getting on with each other. Right. Yeah. That yeah. Hap- that's happened a good few times. You know, whether it's a a crew member or an actor or a stunt guy or whatever and they literally like you know clash, re- clash huge and they're or two actors who were in the same scene together yeah. clashing actually had that in Carbo Gangsters oh really yeah there was a it was kind of a weird thing because it was do you remember the, the four lads Jay Glenner yeah. Kobe Dano so the lads were living together for six weeks in a house before we shot okay and there was they started to get into the role get into the characters of who they were playing and there started to be tension between Dano and Glenner. Wow. Yeah, like real tension. Because in the film, there's tension and they don't really get on. So it was good. Like, it was good for the film. It was it was, it was, was making it more real. Yeah. But then on set, between takes, like, it started getting, you know, bad. Like, and so no, that kind of... Mad, but, eh? but, but they made up in the end and they're, they're good mates now. But, yeah, but, but that's the, the kind of thing. That's happened many times, you know, where, where, where lads are not getting on and... and you literally have to ring them after set and talk to them and say, "Look, you know, okay. you know sort this out." Or, yeah. you know, you. But, but it depends on the situation. But it's yeah. Sometimes it's fucking you're, you're like sometimes you become like a man, like a counselor or something. Yeah. 
But Jeez, Bruce Robinson, like, it's not really related to the stories you guys told. But Bruce, I, need, I wanted to tell it because it was very funny. Bruce Robinson, uh, the director of With Hail and Oil, with with Nail and I, uh, at the Doggy Book Festival, told uh, an anecdote about um, him and Johnny Depp are good mates, uh, or they were good mates, and Johnny Depp uh, was good mates with Hunter S. Thompson. Yes. And Fear and Loudon in Las yeah. Vegas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Hunter S. Thompson. Blues, blues uh, Ashens. Yeah, out of yeah. a cannon. Yeah. Um, Johnny did that, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Johnny uh, said to Bruce, Hunter has a, a screenplay that I want you to direct, and he'll do it on my recommendation. So Bruce's like, go away. So anyway, Bruce, all expenses paid a trip to LA with his wife, stayed in some lodge, um, was due to meet Hunter S. Thompson, went up to Hunter S. Thompson's room, and he said the experience was just bizarre. Yeah. Hunter S. Thompson was sitting at a table in a suite um, in his dressing gown with a bag of cannabis, yeah. a bottle of rum, and endless supplies of cans of Coke. And uh, Bruce Robinson and his wife went into the room and were there for two hours. And Hunter S. Thompson did not speak one word. Wow. In the two hours. Didn't say anything. That's madness, man. That's. <laughs> Have like, you ever seen geez. his his daily routine, Hunter S. Thompson? I don't think so. Oh, you should Google it. It's nuts. It's like I've read a lot of his stuff now, but I've never. Ah, mm. uh, it's nuts. It's kind of it's. There's a deadly thing he wrote um, where he goes to Kentucky Derby. I think it was for Rolling Stone. He wrote it. Um, it was one of the early ones that he wrote. It's absolutely amazing. Really? Just Google Hunter S. Thompson Kentucky Derby. I thought that story was amazing. mad. Imagine putting someone in a situation where. You're just continuously rolling joints and drinking rum and coke, <laughs> and not saying nothing. Yeah, just sitting in a chair, relaxed. Yeah, and not saying nothing to people who have been suggested to write your yeah. or to Jeez. do a screenplay for you. He was, That's he was a different mad, isn't it? And, and uh, that he's a good director, uh, Bruce, Bruce Robinson. Yeah. yeah, that's a classic film. Yeah, you know the Whitney and I. Brilliant. Hunter S. Thompson. Straight up gangster. Yeah, yeah big time. Google his <laughs> Google his uh, daily routine. It's nuts. Yeah, it's like having a bat at crazy times. Uh, writing at, like he'd write during the night from like two to six a.m. Yeah. A few lines of cocaine nearly every forty-five minutes and madness. Mental. Going down to like, local restaurant, burgers and chips, back drinking whiskey. Oh, mental. It's like Prince. Prince was apparently mad as well. Really? Yeah. In yeah. the same kind of... Not as as bad as that yeah. kind of thing, but, like, he was... Uh, he was a, what's it called, a Jehovah's Witness or whatever, right. and was kind of, like, he wanted to make a documentary about, like, you know, Jehovah's Witness and, like, how everybody should be one and all this kind of stuff and yeah. just, like, the demands he was making for it and all that are crazy. At one point, he wanted to use a camel as a metaphor and, like, his crew had to, like, sit him down and be like, it's Minnesota, it's two in the morning. Where are we going what to get a camel, a camel from? as a metaphor? He wanted to use, I can't remember what the story is, but he wanted to use a camel for this documentary, like, to, like, make a certain, to make a certain point. And he was like, get me the camel now. Get me the camel now. And his crew were like, That's it's mental. two in the morning, Prince. <laughs> like, we're in Minnesota. There's not an abundance not of camels <laughs> left. You know I mean? We'll get you a bit, a bit of camel talk. <laughs> you know I mean? We're not going to get you any camels. Yeah, we'll get Mikey to, to hike his chocks up real high. <laughs> Loads of leggings. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Prince apparently was a bit mad like that as well. Mental. Yes. There you go. Learn interesting things all the time. Yeah, listen to us. <laughs> yeah. 
I just found that on there. Thompson story. Sorry. Sorry, actually, that Prince thing, just that's another Kevin. It's Kevin Smith who actually told that story as well. Really? I only watched one of his things recently. That's why so they're fresh in my head. What's what called? The, the, you were saying the YouTube, the interesting stories from films or? Oh, the, um, it was either like an evening with Kevin Smith or I can't remember. I think it's just an evening with Kevin really? Smith, actually. If you just Google Kevin Smith, Bruce Willis, or Kevin Smith, Prince. Uh, yeah, you'll get it. You'll get it. They're worth, they're worth listening to. They're very funny. Like, even if you don't mm-hmm. like Kevin Smith's films, these aren't, like, Jay and Silent Bob type things. These are, like, him just telling stories about working with people. Like, yeah, so yeah. it's mad, like. What? Do you, t- do you take any inspiration from any directors? Um, Yeah, a good few, like, uh, you know, Scorsese, obviously, would mm. be a huge influence on me. Shane Meadows. Uh, oh, brilliant. Alan Clark. Mm. Um, uh, Tarkovsky would like be mad into his films, even though it wouldn't be he wouldn't be an influence. But I love his. He's only made seven films, I think. Right, unbelievable. Ru- Russian director. Yeah. Um, the Italian guys like Fellini. You know. Uh, would you watch a, a lot of international film? Then, like, would that be? I'd watch kind of old films a lot. Right. You know, I like watching yeah. European art house kind of cinema uh, from back in the sixties and seventies, and yeah, you know. Or classic Hollywood films from the twenties or thirties, yeah. those as well. Deadly, yeah. Um, oh my god! Question gone. Shy Meadows. The the his last series on Channel Four. Yeah, um, this is England. Oh my god! Yeah, that yeah, last series was there, that was, there was a scene in the dining room, um, and I was kind of I was just blown away by. Was that the rape? And uh, no, it was the. I think it was when. Um, she was going back to tell everyone about the rape. Right. But apparently it only took one take. Yeah? Yeah. Because I was Flipping I was watching the making of, and Shane Meadows was talking on it. Um, Woody and... Uh, what was Woody's uh, partner's name in it again? Um, Lol. Lol. And yeah. it was just... I was just blown away by it. Yeah. I loved that. Oh, man. He's like one of my favourite... Really? British British directors, yeah. What else does he do? Like Oh, he did like loads of stuff like Room for Romeo Brass. Right. Uh Dead Man's Shoes with Paddy Considine. Oh right. The classic. Um the, the, it's funny to, they're watching Cardboard Gangsters, you know, the the guys who run because they run this company called Warp Films in Sheffield. I've heard of Warp Films. And yeah. they made they've made a load of brilliant films, you know, like yeah. um but one of them was actually seventy one. Do you remember the Irish one set in Northern Ireland? Think hear about so. that? Yeah, I think I remember this one. About yeah. the IRA or about yeah. about about a British soldier who got yeah. who gets stuck in a Catholic neighborhood back in the you know in the seventh nineteen seventy one, based on true story. But uh they run war films, so Shane Meadows and Mark Herbert are the you know, they kind of uh run it together, I think. But they requested to see Carbo Gangsters in their cinema. They have a cinema there. No in, uh, way. In in Sheffield. Class. So we we're just that waiting to hear back what, what they thought about it. <laughs> that must have been a buzz. Yeah. Because they're, they're a big inspiration on myself and John, like, you know, yeah. their, their stuff. And how did they get wind of Carbro Gangsters? Um, it won multiple awards, Graham, that's how. Or, yeah. Well, they know the Barry. They know Barry. Oh, no, Barry's not in it. But, um, Manchester, <laughs> yeah, Manchester. So, actually, I think we're going to, hopefully we're going to show it in Sheffield, so maybe we can go over and meet them. Carbog Gangsters, by the way, haven't watched it. It's a perfect name for the movie. It's a brilliant right. name for the movie. Yeah, I really liked it. Yeah, that was John came up with that. You know. Was yeah. there any other names floated about? Uh, not really. He he had that pretty early. Like right. you know, right. he had that pretty early, and it was uh, just you know, it's in the dictionary. Yeah, which yeah. was mad that it hasn't been hadn't been used before. 
it's a great name for the movie. Yeah. Um, Mark, we're running out of time with you. Yeah. Um, but it's it's been it's been great having you back in again. Um, thanks, yeah, thanks, lads. No, no, not at all. So, um, if if lads, if you if you haven't already got to see have to Carbar gangsters in the cinema, get out I've there and see it. Everyone now. to go and see. Um, we didn't talk uh, MMA this time. No, we <laughs> no. yeah, Jesus. What what about what do you think about the McGregor Mayweather? Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not sold on it just yet, but I will be watching it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't see how Connor's going to win. No, no. I'm not. In, I'm not. I'm not being sold on this. He might get a lucky shot. I'm going to go out on a limb right. and say that he's going to dominate him. Dom- dominate him. Dominate yeah. him. Dominate him. Yeah. Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. Really? Yeah, like uh, everyone, the, the boxing people are saying there's not a hope, and then a lot of MMA people are saying there's no chance. Well, either, there shouldn't be a hope. Yeah, yeah. But I, 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 I just think, I just think there's so many factors here. Like, like the way I, he moves is so different. He's in. Can he move absolute, like that in a boxing ring, though? I think yeah, because it's a different way. It's a style he, uh, Mayweather hasn't seen before. Like, so he's not going to be able to. It'll take him a while to understand. It. I think Connor's going to be switching stances as well mixing it up he's in perfect physical condition like if you see him uh, Mayweather's 40 he hasn't fought for two years yeah. and, but just it's, he's, I think he's already ahead in the mind games and the press conferences haven't, haven't even worked like if you see Mayweather's interviews he's already saying things weird things yeah but as long as it goes out the, the press tour will have happened, so. have happened and like yeah. I think he's going to really get to him in the press tour I think he's going to just the mind games destroy yeah. him in the, in the mind games. One yeah, thing I thought was really interesting, just when you said about like Connor being in like peak physical condition, and then Floyd being, you know, he's forty now and all that. He's getting, um, do you know that? Uh, God, not, is it cryotherapy where like you freeze, you get into like one of these like fucking chambers he's that are like, yeah, yeah, to like to recover. He's yeah. going into these chambers that are like minus two hundred and fifty degrees to to get his body Jeez. to recover quicker. Like don't things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's so, mad. like, if he's having to do things like that that he never done before, then it's obviously in his head that it could happen. You know, oh shit! I like I'm not what I I'm not Floyd Mayweather. From I think you know, I think there's a subconscious thing in his head that he looks up to Conor McGregor. I think he looks up to him, yeah. and he he almost like wants him to to take over. You know, with that mantle of the mm. best. Like take it's obviously clearly name. it's 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 obvious. You know, Floyd. He's gonna he, he's gonna beat him like and Conor won't touch him. That is the most likely scenario. But I just I don't know. I just think I just think there's a strong chance that Conor's gonna wrong. knock him I'd out love, in the second or third round. Oh my god, I would love that. I would predict the second round. I would love <laughs> second round. That, but I'm just not sold. Yeah. He, he's not even he hasn't even brought in like um, a boxing camp in but, that boxing coaches. He's yeah, been yeah. striking MMA coaches. Do you not think if he, if he starts trying to replicate and beco- become a boxer, he has no chance because it'll take years, you know, and he'll yeah. never get to that yeah. level. But so stick what to he's what doing, you know, stick what to saying. MMA and, and work out a plan. Like, I think he's going to win the mind games and all he has to do is go in there and execute on the night, like, and execute the MMA style. Yeah. You know? I never considered that. I it's, never an in- considered it's an interesting point, like... To use... Your MMA attributes. Yeah. I'm just in my head going, pro boxer versus... Well, I suppose that's the thing. Everybody's going into this expecting it to be, you know, like expecting Conor to, to go in as a pro boxer, like to, to take that kind of stance, take that kind of movement, take that kind of motion, take, you know what I mean? All yeah. that kind of thing. But yeah, when you if you put it into that context and you say, well, what if he's saying, no, I'm going to completely book the trend. Yeah. 
I'm going to be an awkward southpaw, but I'm going to be an awkward southpaw in the sense that I'm going to be an MMA southpaw. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know what I mean? Yeah, he's, yeah. he's not going to uh, know. And then the other thing is, um, yeah. even if Floyd is dominating him in the first, say, f- five rounds, and Connor's mm. like, I can't touch this guy. All he has to do is grab him and wrestle him, throw him against the ropes. And then do, you know what I mean? There's yeah. lots of things you can do that are legal. Yeah. yeah. You know, that, that, that boxers, because he's a grappler, so he can literally just choke him like with, yeah. a, with, a, with a hold yeah. and, and throw him. And then, like, there's so many things you could do. So just in those exchanges where, like, where normally it just looks like the boxers are hugging, that's yeah. almost where that grappling you can where just you can grab him, you know, grapple him, bring dirty boxing to a new level kind of thing, and in the just sense that hook him across the ring, like, <laughs> yeah. seriously, coming back, uh, coming back off the rope. Then just I think, I, I, man, I think he, I, I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking he's going to dominate him. Yeah, he's going to just rag down around and or or just knock him out with a le- with the left hand. Well, you'd Floyd's imagine he's going to fall against the ropes, land in his arse, and I will love that happens. And then we can yeah. use this forever. Yeah, Mark O'Connor, Irish actor or director, <laughs> Mark O'Connor. <laughs> predicted know, these it's things the, it's, it's, it's probably not going to happen but that's just what I think that's mm. what I feel yeah but it'd be amazing know. though I'd love it yeah it would be it would be I'd amazing you, it would, can you imagine it would be the highlight reel of all highlight reels if yeah. Connor just landed him and Floyd face planted into the canvas <laughs> like deadly it would be the highlight reel of all highlight reels like but do you not think he's do, he's, he's do, he does things that other fighters don't do in terms of the psychology. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Many different like gestures. You know, one of the lads uh, that analyzes like Robin Black, he was saying that every time they walk into the center of the octagon before a fight, Connor puts out his hand and kind of goes, Is this mm. gently like? Yeah. And it's almost like, Come in, come into this. Like, you know, yeah. he has all these little things he does. Psychological. It's one of the things. Psychological. It's, yeah. it's so strong it's, that, you know. It's like one of the things with, with, uh, with the Diego Brando fight that he talks about as well. Is that like when he walked in? to the octagon and he like he, he held his arms out like that yeah. to oh, the yeah. crowd and he's like and Diego Brando bowed to me yeah that was and it remember that and he's yeah. like that's, that's you know what I mean yeah. like, he goes you, you walk in and you're being like the cock of the walk and the guy that you're going in there to fight bows to you as you're putting yeah. on this bravado like that, that you yeah, know what that I mean that was unbelievable like the, the problem is that Floyd's mind is so strong yeah mm. you know so that yeah. that's the thing He's got yeah, a it's really a pity. Strong. It's a pity that this is going out after the press tour because I would oh, love. Yeah, to t- yeah. I'd love to talk with the press tour in terms of yeah. that yeah. that psychological battle, man. Yeah, we'll see. It's gonna be close. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna watch tomorrow, all of them. It? Like it's not tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow to Friday. Yeah, not coming to Dublin, which I'm disgusted about. Yeah, SSC Arena in Wembley. Yeah, still they've gone to three countries and it's called a world tour. I know. Yeah. But it's been controlled by like all the boxing people, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Showtime. Showtime yeah. and Floyd. And it's probably going to be different as well to the to the MMA to the pressers, you know. Oh, it's yeah. going to be yeah. like this be. big showy thing, and yeah. but even well, they're if, in the big arenas though. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. in huge twenty thousand arenas. Yeah, yeah. So there's going to be like what some call the debacle of the Jose Aldo press conference. I just, see, I don't know because I like how much are the the general public going to get to ask, and that's where that Jose yeah. Aldo no, no, thing got. Yeah, no, I hope the general public don't ask questions because it's ridiculous when they do yeah. and it just becomes an absolute farce. But you're still going to get a raucous... Yeah, I get Sorry, I get Kind of thunderous yeah. As long as they atmosphere. get them on the yeah. mic, that's the, the thing. As yeah. long as they get on the mic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Looking forward to it. Um, for, for Connor, like, yeah, should be good. he'll win. Well, if he does knock him out, we'll... We'll be using this for a We'll take that soundboy and just play <laughs> this it This will be the soundboy at the start of the show. Um, but look, Mark, again, thanks for coming in to us. Um, Everyone go see Carbore Gangsters. Yeah, continued success for Carbore Gangsters, man. Thanks, um, thanks And congratulations on everything with it. It's, it's brilliant. And as I said, 
earlier on, uh, it's it's kind of quick that Irish people are to begrudge something, but you know, get out and support this one, lads. It's uh, it's worthwhile. It's worthwhile. If they're not following you on social media and that, or if they want to learn more about you, where can they get it? For the film, or you in general? Yeah? Uh, I'm on Twitter, to Mark O'Connor Film, and the Cardboard Gangsters is uh, Cardboard Gangs or something. That's the Twitter thing. Um, yeah, yeah. It's on Facebook, Cardboard Gangsters, but uh, it's in cinemas now, and it'll be in cinemas in the UK then. And then after that, I suppose it'll be coming to DVD. Yeah, deadly. Yeah, deadly. And hopefully, a Netflix deal comes. That'd be amazing. Yeah, that, that would be, be that'd amazing. Be, that'd be that'd be that'd be, be, be well deserved. Um. If you want to listen back to all our previous work, lads, including our first uh, sit-down with Mark, you can just go to WTSPod.com or you can check it out on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Podcast Republic, Podcast Addict, anywhere and everywhere there's a podcast. Just search WTSPod. On Twitter, we're at WTSPod. He's at Merigamania. I'm at Dan John Murray. That's it. There it is. Full hearts. Can't lose. Good luck. Thanks,